Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Menashe. If you're loving what you're hearing on the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, go out and tell two friends today. Show them how easy it is to subscribe to the show. Real Estate Espresso Podcast can be heard on more than 20 different platforms. And wherever you listen to podcasts, you're sure to find the show. Go spread the love around. Why keep all this goodness to yourself? On today's show, we're talking about how to prepare for a major storm event. And equally important, what to do in the aftermath of the storm, even if you do not experience storm damage or flooding. As we're recording today's show, Hurricane Ian has ravaged the western part of Cuba and is scheduled to make landfall on the west coast of Florida. About 2.5 million people are under mandatory evacuation orders. In hurricane-prone areas, the cost of insurance can be a major issue for both residential as well as for commercial property owners. We own property in Louisiana, located 19 miles inland from the coast, where we experienced two major hurricanes in 2020, only five weeks apart. We also have experience from Hurricane Harvey, which flooded major parts of Houston, and Hurricane Sandy as it was hitting New York City and we were driving north on the Hudson River Parkway as the floodwaters were rising. Those storms taught us a lot about storm preparation. If you have projects under construction, you're potentially in a very vulnerable position. Partially completed structures are weak compared to their completed counterparts. You want to ensure there are no loose materials anywhere on site. Lock everything up in shipping containers. Once loaded with materials, shipping containers are very heavy, completely watertight, and they will not move. Even lighter vehicles like vans and trailers will get blown around like toys and become hazardous projectiles. You want to stabilize those parts of the site that could be vulnerable to erosion by putting down a few cubic yards of gravel. You want to make sure to cut drainage trenches from any low-lying spots that might flood or collect water. Then you want to do the traditional preparations on your buildings, including boarding up any openings. Unless you're at the finishing stages on the interior, you might want to nail up diagonal bracing to strengthen the structure against possible wind damage. I've seen a few partially framed houses collapse in a storm. In any storm, you're concerned with wind and water. Water could come down from the sky or it could rise up due to flooding. Make sure that drainage culverts are free and clear of debris. They tend to clog up in a major storm and often they're already partially blocked before the storm. It takes very little for the drainage to become ineffective. You've got a couple of risks in a storm. The first is the immediate damage from the wind or flooding. That's the storm event itself. And the second risk is that the property becomes tainted by the storm and ultimately becomes condemned. I've seen lenders ask for evidence that a property is not vulnerable to flooding. This is when you need to be proactive, even if your property suffered no damage at all. They suffered no flooding during the storm. You want to photograph the site in the immediate aftermath of the storm so you have documentary evidence that the property did not flood. You might need that evidence to argue for lower insurance rates when you go to renew your insurance. Those photos with the date and time stamps could be worth tens of thousands of dollars in the short term and ultimately millions of dollars in the long term. You might need that evidence to convince a lender that your property is a good lending risk. Some lenders will outright refuse to lend in areas that they perceive as having a flood risk. A refusal to lend is paramount to a condemnation without actually coming out and formally condemning a property. If your property is close to water and it could be subject to storm surge, then you might want to protect the building against things coming ashore that might crash into your buildings. But in truth, there's very little you can do. A storm surge will bring boats from far away. It will pick up vehicles and toss them wherever the rising waters will flow. 
Hurricane Harvey was a very instructive event, in addition to being a very destructive event. Houston, which is a low-lying inland area, suffered tremendous flooding because the rainwater had no place to go. It was kind of like a fishbowl. In nearby Galveston, that same rainwater flowed harmlessly from land into the Gulf of Mexico. This is a time when we hope and pray that your insurance policy is fully paid up and you have adequate coverage. We hope that people heed the advice to evacuate the danger zone. Your storm and flood insurance needs to be in place at least 30 days prior to a major storm event. Some policies have a 30-day exclusion period at the very beginning of the policy. That's designed to prevent people from watching the weather forecast and then rushing out to purchase insurance at the first sign of trouble. And then finally, if you do suffer damage from the storm, then go out and take photos of that as well. You're going to need that for your insurance claim. As you think about that, have an awesome rest of your day. Go make some great things happen. We'll talk to you again tomorrow.